take your Bibles, if you will, if you happen to have your Bible with you tonight. And um, uh, we're looking at John chapter 4. And I want to preach on something that the Lord gave me. I was wondering, God, what is it that you do for us? What is it you do for us? How does it affect our lives? I know we go to church and we give and we serve you, but what happens with us? How does it affect us? John gives us some tremendous insight. I ministered on this Friday night, but going back to that same chapter, we're going to see that God is a rewarder. He is, and the Bible said he is a rewarder to those who believe he is. And most of us, most everybody believes he is, but uh, and they believe he can, but they don't really believe when it comes to seeing God as a blesser, we have a little trouble there. And as a rewarder. Somehow we've, in full gospel circles and we've in Pentecostal churches, as some of us were raised, and we've come to think, well, you know, we're just meant to struggle. Sacrifice, sacrifice, and sacrifice. But there's more to it. John chapter 4 is a tremendous uh, passage of Scripture and verse number 4 only. And he must needs go through Samaria. I want you to see something here as Jesus, it says, must go through Samaria or take that course. There was a somewhat of a, of a uh, compulsion or somewhat of a pressure, I could say, upon him to go that direction. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will kind of move us in a direction we don't understand it, but we'll go by there. And it's like it's a serendipity or it's a walking, as I say, in the drama of God's purpose. He's just doing something. You don't know where and how, but he's moving him through Samaria. And there it is that he meets this little lady at the well of Samaria. And I want you to see just three simple truths the reward of soul winners. People who will step out of their way, out of their comfort zone, and either speak to someone or give them a gospel track. Or maybe if they're talking to them, say, is there something I can pray about? It's amazing the needs that are in our world today. This generation, we are as a nation, many people disenfranchised. They're discouraged they haven't gotten a, a raise. They don't know how they're going to make it. They're faced with all these uh, complex issues in our country today. And there are so many areas. But the first thing that God does for the soul winner is divine guidance. Oh, the most important thing in our life is to know God's will. How many times have we prayed, Lord, show me what to do. Show us what to do. And one of those areas is in it really, and with all IT's and everything, but is marriage. Amen. I preached one time in Louisville, Kentucky, in the big church, uh, their evangel uh, church, and I preached a sermon that really shocked the pastor. I preached on what? If you married the wrong woman. <laughs> Oh my, I'll tell you, the eyes got big. Nobody went to sleep on that one. And what if you married the wrong woman? How many know that'd be bad? Huh? What well, could be worse if you married the wrong man? Amen. 
but the but anyway the sermon came out right you know what i'm saying it came out right you did marry the right person get it fixed amen <laughs> praise god work on it it'll work out it's the right one amen or in your career god what do you want with my career or in the calling and the ministry do you do you want me to be a preacher what do you want me to do with my life you want me to be a sender bless me to be a sender on and on so god's guidance is something that's supernatural that comes from God's heart. And when we find God's heart in evangelism, that's when God begins to direct our steps. I see so many people that are floundering in, in confusion all because they don't have God's will. Folks, God's purpose is redemption. God's plan is to take out a people for himself. That's his heart. He so loved the world, he gave his only son. That's the gospel. And the moment a person takes a soul winning, serious, something begins to happen. God's ultimate purpose is, is a reality, and they begin to reach the lost. Heaven begins to move. In Luke chapter 15, there's three just simple stories. The lost coin, the woman looked and looked and looked until she found that coin. Then there's the lost sheep. He left the 99 and found the one. Then there's the lost son who's gone astray. And he talks about this prodigal coming back. This is God's purpose. And the moment I step into this place of witnessing and being a soul winner, God's purpose begins to unfold in my life. Can you say amen? Even under grace, there are laws that must be obeyed to trigger God's will even under grace. And the soul winner, you see, I was, I, I was raised in a pastor's home, but my dad didn't always pastor. It was hard back in those days, especially in the South. And their, their philosophy in churches then was, Lord, you keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. Yes. And so he became a barber. And then I went to barber college. It's hard to believe now that I went to barber college when I was 14 years old. And we worked in those barber shops together, side by side, cutting hair. But did you know he had gospel tracks all over that barber shop? He witnessed to people all the time. He prayed with people. He talked about Jesus as he's cutting their hair. You'd think that it would run customers off. We had more customers than we could handle. Amen. And I remember when I just first started out, you know, we used straight razors back in, you know what a straight razor is? Straight razors. Yes, and those things were, I mean, razor sharp. And I remember I wanted to witness. I'd gotten saved. I wanted to talk about Jesus, but I didn't really know how. And this guy wanted to shave. And when I laid him back in that chair and got him all lathered up and stropped that razor real good, put it down on his throat, I said to him, do you think you might be ready to meet the Lord? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I saw his lips moving like this under that foam. God save me now. And I was shaking. <laughs> we witnessed did you know the soul winner's reward is divine guidance I must go by way of Samaria Jesus said this isn't human genius this isn't human reason this is supernatural now I'm talking about something I have personally seen work the person who will witness is the person who will step into God's will for their life. It's an amazing thing. 
You know, in Acts 8, there's a deacon. And this man, Philip, goes down to Samaria. He's preaching. And as he's preaching in Samaria, there's a great move of God, a mighty revival. And suddenly something begins to happen. They're in that place. Uh, Philip lands in Samaria, and it's a terrible, it's an ungodly city. A revival breaks out. But in the middle of that revival, an angel sends him to a desert. And he's out there kicking dust with his feet, looking around, wondering where in the world am I? What's going on here? When suddenly there comes a big chariot with a man on top of it. It's an opulent outfit, really amazing. As he comes by and the Spirit of God speaks to this man, Philip, says, join, run, join that, join that chariot. He looks up at that man. He says, what are you reading? He said, I don't understand it. It comes out of prophet Isaiah. And how would I understand it unless somebody told me? Well, he witnessed to that man. Now, it's amazing. Persecution in Jerusalem. He runs to Samaria. In Samaria, there's a great revival. He goes from Samaria to the desert, wins this Ethiopian. By the way, if you do a study, he, this Ethiopian went on to make great impact where he went. And then, without a passport, without a visa, without a plane ticket, Woo! He's translated to Azotus. Now I'm waiting for God to do that with me. Amen. Skip this security business where you got to take off everything and go through everything. It's a mess. A simple witness for Jesus. Don't underestimate it. It is more powerful than raising the dead. And one of the men who got a great revelation for witnessing was uh, the rich man who went to hell. And he said, please, Send someone to my five brothers that they would be saved. And they said, they won't, they won't believe even if they wouldn't believe Moses and the prophets. And they wouldn't believe if one was raised from the dead. But I'm telling you, the Moses and the prophets are preaching here today and every week. And the gospel goes out. And there's something wonderful. I have watched it so many times. When we witness, there's something powerful that God begins to do. Amen. The second reward for the soul winners not just God's will and I'm, I want to say this today some of you folks that don't believe in witnessing don't know, even know anything about witnessing you better hope you don't marry the wrong person amen amen you, you scratch your eyes out now <laughs> amen you may be amen let me move along here You ever heard that song, I've got a tiger by the tail, it's plain to see. I won't be much when she gets through with me. That's good preaching. Has anybody heard that besides me here? Jeff has. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the second reward of a, of, a, of a soul winner is supernatural wealth. Supernatural provision. Oh, it doesn't mean we're all going to be millionaires. But it doesn't mean that we can't be or God won't make us that way. He's got ways. He is the Ways and Means Committee. He is. I've seen people buy a piece of property and have it multiply a hundred times. I've seen it. I know it. Here's a powerful truth. Now, this, is, this truth here that I'm going to tell you about supernatural provision is not manipulation. It's revelation. And there's a difference between manipulation. I've seen it, your pastor's seen it, I hate it. But there's wonderful things that happen in Revelation. Revelation's tremendous. And so when it comes to 
Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. When it comes to fishing and soul winning, fishing was their means of making a living. And on one occasion, Jesus said, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And they caught 153 fish. It was a great haul. It was a tremendous, tremendous night for fishing. It meant that they had more do-re-mi. How many know do-re-mi? How many know dinero? Amen. It meant they had blessing. You know, I used to cut hair down at, in Arizona in a place called Orm, Orm School. I used to cut, I know you won't, it possibly, it's hard to believe, I used to cut Patty Reagan's hair, Ronald Reagan's daughter's hair. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was a little brat. But uh, her dad was a movie star then. And, and they, movie stars and politicians and wealthy people took their kids, dropped them off there, and they stayed there all winter long. They had their own horse. They had, it was a little town there. And I cut hair there. And, and I'd go down there, and uh, I cut Shirley Temple's boy's hair too. And some of these people, that back in those days, we didn't think too much. And, you know, really, they're just people. Amen? But I'd go down there, and it wasn't, it wasn't a lot, but it was a lot to us back then because I could cut... A hundred, I could cut 50 heads of hair in a day and $2 a head. That's, that's reasonable now. But back then it was good. That, I walked out of there with $100 in a day. Now you can multiply. That might be walking out somewhere with maybe 500 or $1,000 now. You know, you can make $1,000 in a day. That's pretty good cabbage, as my dad would say. Pretty good cabbage. And so... These people, when it comes to soul winning, Jesus, it's amazing. He told Peter, your pastor preached it. I mentioned it last night. Go catch a fish and the first fish, get a coin out of his mouth. Now, where did that coin come from? It must have been a creative miracle. I'm telling you, it wouldn't bother me if God created some money in our bank account. And they just said, I don't know. I, I said, that ain't ours, that ain't ours. We didn't put that. Uh, they said, well, I, don't, I can't help that. It's there. Amen. Yeah, but it ain't supposed to be there. Well, it's there anyway. You want it or what? I'll take it. Praise God. Because they fished all night, caught nothing, but God gave them a great haul. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men, and where you find someone that's a fisher of the lost, there will be provision and blessing from God. Because God supports what he looks at and desires. He loves the lost. He loves the lost. He loves those that are without Christ. He died for them. And when we join his purpose and join that chariot, I tell you tonight, uh, there is a blessing that God brings in finances. I believe that's why God probably blessed our church over these years as we just kept giving out, giving to missions, kept planting, kept winning the lost, giving altar calls, getting people saved. God provides for his program. And that little couple that was so embarrassed in John 2, when they ran out of wine, he turned the water into wine. And I can tell you, it's better than any of this stuff, this alcohol and this rot gut and all this stuff that they're selling. It was better than anything. Amen. These miracles, when it comes to resources, when it comes to money, I want to just say this. They transcend everything that we can explain. 
they're, they're supernatural. You know, I bought a car from Japan when I was in Kenya. Bought it on an auction. That was a step of faith from Japan. And that car was $35,000. That's a lot for a Toyota Prado, four-wheel drive, white, automatic transmission. But it, that thing ran, I'm telling you the truth, that thing ran like a striped ape. You'd have to see a striped ape run before you understand that. But you can only imagine, like the cartoons. And I tell you, 35,000. When I went down to get that thing in Mombasa, where it's super hot, mosquitoes everywhere, dangerous, all kinds of things, raining all day. And I had this man with me, and I said, it's not here, it's not here, it's coming on a ship. On a ship? He said, Pastor, don't you remember what you preached? You said, if you can explain it, it's not a miracle. Sometimes, you know, we have to listen to our own sermons. Paul asked me the other day, he said, you just preached that the other night. I said, yeah, and I answered my own altar call. I said, I lift my hand up and I said, I see that hand. <laughs> That car came in. It cost $1,000 just to have it checked for radiation because of the, the nuclear issues over in Japan. And, I mean, the, 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 what do you call that, tsunami. Move the island four inches. Move the whole island. You think there's not a God? Those Japanese people better get saved. Amen. Patton said, and MacArthur said, when after World War II, you better send some missionaries in there. And we didn't, we didn't do it like we should have. Amen. But I got that car. That was a wonderful car. Amazing. And s drove it and sold it for what I paid for it. You don't buy cars usually and sell them for what you pay for them. But you know what? We're soul winners. Even in the ministry. I have preached. I've been in a lot of places. And I'm telling you, very few people witness. There's a supernatural provision. And those two complement each other. Being a fisher of men and catching fish. We always, we always witnessed in that barbershop, either by having tracks out or by talking to people about Jesus. There's one last reward, and this is wonderful. It says in verse 14 that there would be, Jesus said, a well springing up. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is joy. Spring up a well. Spring up a well. There is a joy. Psalm 126, I won't read it, but it talks about the joy that comes, that God gives us. Happiness is what happens, but joy comes from within. Joy, you can't really explain it. It's, you got it. It's wonderful. And I hear there's some soul winners in this place. I hear there's some people who are bringers and love to witness and give a, a, a word out and give a prayer and give a gospel track. Oh my, the three wonderful rewards. Supernatural guidance. Supernatural provision. Because God provides for his purpose or his program. And supernatural joy a joy oh 
In Acts 8, I just mentioned Philip. He was a deacon, a table waiter. But the Bible says in Acts 8, 5 through 8, it talks about there was great joy. Listen, when you see what you're seeing here, I'm not just, I'm not just telling you this. Listen, there is, there's energy here. There's potential here. I've been in a lot of places, preached lots of revival. This, this place has tremendous potential. You folks have tremendous potential. And if you're new here, I'm telling you, you just stepped into something that's going somewhere. Joy. That is so good. It is so good. To have joy in your house. You know, have joy in your marriage. Amen. To cut up and tease and love and, and eat and have fun. Amen. You know, my wife didn't come from a teasing family. I came from a terribly tormenting family. We love to tease. It's in the Jones blood, man. We can't help it. Amen. That's like that guy that he got caught shoplifting, and they said, why do you do it? He said, I can't help it. Amen. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we can't help it. I tell you, I found a little mouse, a little furry mouse. It was just a toy. And I put it, I put it over in Ben's house, right where he walked in the kitchen. And Ben, you know, his he's got one only one eye, and you know, some eyes say one eye can't see out of the other one. Amen. And anyway, he walked in there and he saw that mouse. I thought that was the funniest thing. He stomped that thing all over the kitchen floor. <laughs> he stomped that thing. He yelled. He screamed. Joanna's back there screaming and yelling. Brianna's over there crying. I mean, and then he saw that thing and he looked, picked it up, and we all had a lot of fun. <laughs> Amen. I went to Nigeria one time with a guy named Bob Rogers, and he had a little rubber snake with a guy that had never been to Africa before. He'd never been to Africa. And he put that snake in his bed. We could hear him, we could hear him hollering all the way down the hall. <laughs> he, didn't even, he didn't even touch it. I mean, you know what? Listen. God will give us joy. I've been in, I was in one of the greatest revivals ever swept this world. And I believe the, the, the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. The, the thing that's coming now is real. But we had such laughter and such joy in those services. And, you know, don't let what you see gauge your victory. Joy overrides that. And we would have, I'm telling you, that our church in, in Arizona went from 35 to 425 in one year. Amen. I preached twice on Friday night, twice on Saturday night in a storefront where only hippies and drug addicts and misfits and outcasts and people came. In fact, in one night, a girl came in packing a baby on her hip, and her name um, was Margaret. And she was carrying this little boy named Israel. Anybody ever heard of Israel, Houghton? She's packing him on, and she brought, and she sent a note up and said, can I sing? And I sent the note back and said, no. <laughs> Amen. You know what? But there was such a joy, such a joy in that. And you know what? People got saved wholesale. People came. There was joy. And then we'd have a Wednesday service. And I'm not just trying to brace you for anything just say we'd be we'd be jammed out on sunday morning wednesday night would come and we'd have 50 people and you'd shoot a cannon out there and not hit anybody 
And here we were. You know what? It didn't bother us. We came to worship and have a good time. Don't let things, don't let things steal your victory. Amen. Because Sunday's coming. And you know what? Wasn't long. You know, nobody knew to go to church on Wednesday night. That was a problem. Nobody was taught to go to church on Sunday night. But pretty soon, guess what? Started coming in. When I went to Colorado Springs, Mario's mother came to church. He and his son, his brother, I mean, he and his brother were so mean, she wouldn't even let him come to church. Huh? She wouldn't let him come to church. They come climbing up looking through the window. Right? But I tell you, she got saved. That woman was a miracle. And you know what happened? She hadn't been saved but a little while, and Marie brought her in the office to help her with the books. She didn't have any experience. She'd just come out of the bars and just come out of sin. Marie brought her in there. Guess what? She's been my secretary for 37 years. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful woman. Amen. Loyal, I'm telling you, loyal. We had a, I did a funeral, gave an altar call, upset somebody, and in this funeral, I believe it was a funeral, upset somebody, and they went out to eat with this guy. And this guy made a comment about me that was derogatory and not, wasn't nice. And you know what she did? She reached over and just slapped the tar out of him. That's a, that's a loyal secretary right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's not that way, but I'm telling you, just on that one time. Amen. It's fun living for God. And I want you to know something. What we did today. Don't worry. You did the right. God's going to bless it. You did the right thing. God, it's in God's hands. How better? It couldn't get better. It's exciting. Let's pray.